Good morning, everybody. Wow, folks, we're back. It's the only podcast where you can hear a couple guys talk about movies and TV with your hosts, the Turkey Boys, Ryan Ankner and Scott Sweeney. What's happening, Hoops? I mean, a lot. Did you know that today, 29 years ago today, Pee Wee Herman was caught uh, jacking off in a porno theater? Allegedly. <laughs> I don't think you need to throw the allegedly in. You can act like a man! I think he copped up to it. He did, yeah. Or owned up, rather. I believe um, my uncle's law firm helped him with that at the time. I Is remember. that true? Yes. Because when I was younger, I thought it was really funny, and I would always ask him about it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because my uncle worked with Effley Bailey for a while. I don't know if this is even something I'm allowed to talk about publicly on a podcast, but here we go. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. We did 29 years ago. That's a, that's a big stretch. Yeah, that's almost as long as our entire lives. Yes. Not really. Really demolished his career back in the day. Kind of did, yeah. It's not like he was on the fast track, but he, he had a su- very successful children's program. Mm. And I mean, doing that is going to knock you really out of contention yeah, I can't for believe anything. I can't believe people even got mad. It like made total sense. Like the guy with the weird, like dark children's show was masturbating in a porn theater. I don't understand like, why it mattered that it was. Isn't aren't you supposed to at those days? Weren't you like that yeah. was allowed? Like what else would I be doing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get it either. But yeah, he still pops up here and there. He he gets some work. I think he made another Pee Wee like a couple years ago that may or may not exist on mm. Netflix. Uh, we got a real obit this week, unfortunately. A couple of them, actually. Yes. Jerry Stiller. That's a shame. Ben Stiller's father, who famously portrayed George's dad on Seinfeld. To a lesser extent, the dad on King of Queens. Were you a King of Queens guy? No, I was not. And I saw a lot of people in the comments on various entertainment Instagrams saying things like, oh, he was so good on King of Queens. And it's just... What? Yeah, I saw a big, like... More King of Queens than Seinfeld. Yeah, I was like, who are these people? What is... Who are these people? (laughs) That's the one... They're right. Like, that's the one they're going for. You know what I really remember him in is King of Queens. But yeah, he was like the funniest side character on Seinfeld. Agreed. Which is really saying something. Well, because they had a... Besides Putty. We've had this discussion. Putty, also a legend. And he was like the definition of a scene stealer. Every time he was in a scene on Seinfeld, he always... He got the biggest yucks. Is the guy who played Jerry's dad alive? No. He's, he's dead too, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a shame. How about Jerry's mother? Also dead. Dead? Yep. And uh, what's her face? George's mom may still be in. Mm. I feel like she's still on the scene. That's worth looking at. Fans, if you know if that... I can't remember her real he name. He was 93 years old. He died of natural causes, I read. That's what Ben Stiller posted. That's a pretty good run. It's a good run, yeah. That's, I don't feel that bad for him. That's stop fine. stop crying and fight your father. <laughs> Little Richard is dead as well. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I did. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> this really is a home run. He had a lot of cuts. I saw a lot of people giving him credit for, like, creating this whole peppy kind of R&B, whatever you call this music. Fun. And uh, he seems to be, like, I don't know, a, a guy of note who really paved the way musically. Yeah, they're giving guys like him credit for a lot more than they got at the time. I mean, think about when he was making music mm. and what it was like here in America for black guys. Mm. So, hats it, off to him, little yeah, Richard. Like, yeah, no cut sounded like this. He did, no. you know, created a whole new thing. It's true. 
though, Richard. How old was he? Did he have a good run? I think 87. Okay. I believe, which is a decent run. It's decent a good run. run. Yeah. I feel like if you get into the mid 80s, you're good. Yeah. When I hear about people who died at like 77, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that sucks. That's terrible. But if I hear 86, 87, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. If you're that's in your 80s, it's not a tragedy. It's no. like, well, yeah, 80s. Yeah. That'll happen. That's why I'm always confused when people get all broken up about their grandparents dying when they're like 100 years old. It's mm. like, do you have any idea how bad their quality of life probably was? Just let them go. Yeah. Let them. I was loved my grandparents too. They were awesome. But I mean, it would be weirder if they never died. Right. You don't want <laughs> people like, are not immortal. I don't want myself to be clinging. If I have grandchildren someday, which I don't think I will, I don't want them to be clinging to my life as yeah. I'm, you know, reaching the upper 90s. Like, Kirk, Kirk Douglas just being a burden to his entire family, like 103. <laughs> He, yeah, who, who won on that guy, on Kirk Douglas? Who, was that Cod? I think that was a Cod. I think that was a Cod pick in the death pool, folks. Wow. Um, Did you see that Luca Guadagnino is oh. going to be directing a reboot of Scarface for some reason? It's actually going to be starring Timothy Chalamet <laughs> and a uh, friend of the show, Army Hammer, in reprising their role from Call Me By Your Name, and they're just going to be smooching while selling cocaine. That's pretty good casting. Mm-hmm. Picture Timmy like that's okay. I'm from the gutter. Timmy can do just about anything, and you know what? You heard it here, folks. Uh, heard it here first, folks. Bob, Scarface is overrated. Yep, I agree. Brian De Palma is overrated, and Al Pacino is overrated. Oh. All three across the board. Oh. Al Pacino just takes you it up to eleven in every movie that he does. You say, "Oh, he's so good in Heat." Yeah, because of Michael Mann, yeah. and and De Niro, and Val Kilmer, and Tom Sizemore, and like six other guys. Yeah. It's John Void, or you could say, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The only Al Pacino role, my two favorite Al Pacino movies are Cruising, oh, which is a flick and a half. Never seen it. It's very weird, very off the beaten path, and great. I've only ever heard of it from you. I've never. I feel like this movie may not even exist. <laughs> I have it on the thing. Maybe that's on the list. Okay, put it on the list. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. And um, and Sense of a Woman, which my dad had me watch oh. when I was a kid. And it's that's an excellent, excellent movie. And Chris uh, Elliott, or whatever his name is, Chris, Chris O'Donnell, could yeah. have been anybody else, but should have been Chris Elliott. Him like, have my hand, take my good hand. Speaking of scene stealers, um, but yeah, yeah the, I don't know. Fuck Al Pacino and fuck Scarface and yeah, just, the, the guy who did Call Me by Your Name, as you mentioned, and the new version of Suspiria that was like seven oh, hours long. Jesus Christ, did I shut that? I shut that with so much power. Yeah. And it's weird. I guess this version was co-written by the Coen brothers. So maybe it'll be great somehow. But if they didn't direct it, I don't care about what, who wrote it. Even still, like Scarface, just make something new. Right. Fucking sidecar face. Huh. So, uh, Scarface is basically a poster in my mind. Yeah. It's like it's not a movie anymore. It's That's sort good. of just become a, like a cliche. Thank mm. you, um, also in, uh, related news, um, Melissa Etheridge's son, uh, passed away this week oh. at 21 years old, wow. unfortunately. Death heavy this week, folks. A lot of death. <laughs> We're not done yet either. I got one more death in the news, but Melissa Etheridge, if you guys don't remember, is the writer of hits such as I'm the only one and no one's really heard about her for the past 20 years. <laughs> You're and- the only one still <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> I remember thinking that she was her music was funny when I was like ten years old, and then I and then somehow it leaked to us as kids that she was a lesbian, mm. which was something that was so new and unique and funny to me at that time. I feel like she was one of the like OG lesbians, oh, yeah. where it was like 
Was she in on what's that like women musical? Little affair. Yeah. She was one of the her she rather, and I think like Meredith Brooks maybe or maybe some, Sarah McLaughlin. There it is. The, yeah. the, those types yeah. were the headliners. <laughs> yeah. Her just up there with a big acoustic guitar, just smelling like body odor, <laughs> belting this song out like woo. Cut. I hate female empowerment, and I find it embarrassing. Wow. You heard it here first. Hank is back. <laughs> Hank is here, my goodness. Ah, uh, he should be. I'm not ready for him again. We have got guns here. Did you see that uh, Christopher McQuarrie has confirmed that Ving Rhames, Rebecca Ferguson, and Vanessa Kirby will reprise their respective roles for Mission Impossible 7 and 8? That's awesome, but yeah. they pushed them both. True. Wasn't it supposed to be one movie and they turned it into two and pushed them? Wasn't no. that that headline? Oh, yeah. He said, you know, like they always say when a movie becomes two right. movies, they're like, we had all these ideas. The story just became too big and we had to make it two movies. Come on. Man. Which I'm sure they were just like, let's just do two at once before Tom Cruise gets too old to hang off of airplanes and stuff. Right. Tom Cruise sprinting across a building and jumping onto a moving helicopter is only going to work for so many more years as he eases into his 60s. Yeah. I'll watch it forever. Um, but it's comforting that Ving Rhames and his fedoras will return. I do have a Ving Rhames tattoo on my leg, so you know I'm on board. He's in. And also those two British babes are fun. Agreed. Yes. Did you notice that the office cast did a ah. virtual wedding on ah. Zoom, and also they all zoomed <laughs> into some good news, John Krasinski's podcast? How's that grab you? I know you're a huge office guy. It, it grabs me by the throat and is <laughs> sucking the life out of me. Why is the office still being discussed? No time to kill me! They are. I don't... Yeah, like... I can't take it anymore, yeah. It's it's a, it's a fine show in, it, in its time, and I remember enjoying it, and I remember being bummed when it went off the air. And it's... I actually read an article that... Or it was a BuzzFeed article, so that doesn't count. But it's said that people who have anxiety don't like wondering what's happening next in movies and TV shows. So they're more, they're, they're a certain type of anxiety, I suppose. Mm -hmm. They're more prone to watching and watching, rewatching shows. That's why like The Office is a good example because yeah. they just it's comforting. And I've had a lot of people say like, oh, I just put The Office on to go to sleep. It's like, mm -hmm. well, that's what I do too, but not for different reasons. I feel like a lot of people can't do anything if The Office isn't on in the background. It's oh. like, I can't, I can't Don't breathe. Don't even talk to me until I've had my state. office. Yeah. But yeah, enough with that. It's just the biggest could you in town. Good news. The Holyfield-Tyson fight is happening oh. again for the third time. And I'm not going to make a joke about a year's. And I hope you don't too. Good. I but, wasn't going to, because Grudge Match, which we uh, watched a few weeks ago, already did that for us. Way too late and way too uneventfully. I also just realized in my notes, I have a note headlined, who are your guys? And then I have a list of my, a few of my guys. And I feel like we should both come up with a list of our guys our and then guys. talk about it on air. What do you think? Yeah, we'll do that next week. Who are your guys? That's something I'll really need to sit down and, and, uh, and folks, if you want to come up with, or your, your gals, your guys or your gals, that's I good. have a list of gals too. Uh, it's a big one. Speaking of my guys, one mm. of my guys, Seth Rogen, <laughs> has announced uh, his new movie, An American Pickle, will release August 6th on HBO Max. And this is a movie where Seth turns himself into a pickle through is some it sort of. Animated? No. I don't think so. No, it's not. 
And I guess they took that episode of Rick and Morty, the pickle, the pickle Rick, Rick thing, yeah. and they're just, <laughs> I'm Pickle Seth. <laughs> At this point, he's just getting high and doing whatever he wants with his freaking blank check in Hollywood. I, I, you got to hand it to him. Oh, yeah. I can't hate on it. It's great. I'm still in. I wonder if he's been brined pickle-wise. <laughs> he's in. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Yeah, I just want to bring up Brian. Fair. Um, <laughs> did you notice Daniel J. Silva from Ink Master? Uh, got into a car accident and killed Corey Laber, who is, I guess, a Laberry, who is a YouTuber. And he's being charged with vehicular manslaughter and he may go to prison. You know, you're going to find this crazy. I didn't hear about this. You didn't hear about that. You're not knee, <laughs> you're not knee deep in Ink Master news. No, <laughs> I feel like I'm in. The, I don't even know how I know this. I feel like I'm in a TMZ like pitch meeting <laughs> listening to this story. <laughs> Just because I pull most of my news stories from Page Six and TMZ does not mean they're not relevant. Okay. Okay. Get up, boy. But yeah, who was he again? I didn't. Uh... He was just. He's a guy who's one of the competitors on the Dave Navarro FX, mm. or whatever. I don't even know if it's on FX anymore. I think it's on the Paramount. I was going to say they bumped it. Yeah, it's probably um, probably runs after Yellowstone on Thursday oh, nights. Jesus. Yeah, uh, I guess he's kind of a dick and i looked at some of his tattoos and i wasn't impressed really so mm. i hope that uh he learns his lesson in jail that's yes. he's getting coronavirus from harvey know, weinstein perhaps perhaps don't ruin your friends with me for five minutes don't ruin your friendship with me for five minutes i was laughing fans may or may not know you get a lot of refunds on movies that you rent i do indeed from itunes which i think is great and it's just a terrific scheme I remember back in the day when we would like walk out of movies all the time. We went to like countless movies. Then one day, one of us was like, "Let's let's get our money back." I think it was you. Or it was someone other than me because I remember. I've done it. I remember the first time someone broached that. I was like, "Wait, that's an option." Like, it is. Yeah, we you, can go ask for our money back. Like, I don't think it works. At, it doesn't work at the end, but if you leave in the middle of the movie, they'll get you. Yeah, may it, just be a credit, but I'll take it. But yeah, I was just laughing at, uh, there was so many turkeys we could have got our dough back for. Yeah, like Eon Flux yes. down in Kingston. That that was when we walked out of like 10 minutes in. It was like... What did we do instead? Those were the days where we would just like smoke pot and have nowhere to go or nothing to do. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> Good thing those days are over, right, folks? <laughs> on, this side mean... of the, on this side of the table, I guess they are. <laughs> But not not by choice. <laughs> but yes, yes, uh, yes, that's funny. And we would just go to the movies for the sake of going to the movies. Not that we don't do that now, but I think even more so back then. And yeah. we lived two feet from each other, so we'd be going like to the Hanover movie theater once. I'd say at least once a week, if not four or five times, if there was like a bunch of turkeys out at once. Oh yeah. And then we'd there's at least a, a few times we saw more than just The Departed. We saw movies more than once. Oh yeah, there was so many times where like we would would have seen something, but we already saw everything, minus like the kids' movies, where right. it's like we're not gonna we're not that messed up. Although I would see them. So I remember we saw <laughs> Over the Hedge in theaters. And wow, it was extremely uneventful. Sam, can you uh, bleep that out? <laughs> we can't let the fans know about that. That's too gritty. But uh, I also saw that Jonah Hill passed Samuel L. Jackson with the record for the most F words on film, collectively. Over In the- all of his films. Yeah. Doesn't seem that F heavy. I'm trying to think like Wolf of Wall Street and what else? 
That and he probably drops some f bombs in War Dogs, Beach Bum. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Samuel L. Jackson deserves this crown. Like this is his award. When I think of him, I think of the word motherfucker, or enough, or yeah. I don't know how Jonah Hill. Did they do it based on percentage? Because I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's twice his age and has done so many more movies. How does that even work? I think they must have just totaled the amount of f bombs in every movie they're in. And he eked past him. Yeah, that's I, a fun stat. I hope this makes Samuel L. come out with like a, you know, really swear heavy new movie just to reclaim his crown. Changing Lanes 2 <laughs> with an aging Ben Affleck. NC-17. The little oh, sequel that could. Out? Oh. Uh, Mary-Kate Olsen is divorcing Oliver Sarkozy, who was notably like 35 years older than her. And he looks like a dinosaur. And a boy. I guess she's back out there. Kid. You gonna make your move now? I mean, you've been waiting in the wings all yeah. these years. I think it's time for you to pounce. Let's have her on the pod. I am open to Charmer. it. Charmer. Although I did used to date her older sister, who's in the Avengers movies. It might be kind of weird. Elizabeth, okay. Yes. Well, we can run it by her and see what she thinks. It's yeah. up to her. No doubt. Did you see that uh, the new Russell Crowe movie, Unhinged, will release on July 1st in theaters? They're billing this as like the first new release when theaters reopen. From the director of American Dreamer yes. with uh, James, Jim Gaffigan. I think it looks, what's that guy's name again? I can't remember. I can't even. I think it looks great though. It does actually look That good. one trailer, I was 100% sold. I love, like I said the other day, I love movies about mental unravelings. As yeah. I've had several myself. And it's funny you just brought up Changing Lanes because this actually reminded me of that. This is like mm. a road rage thriller where someone... Uh, you know, cuts off Russell Crowe or crashes into him, whatever, and then he just follows them for forever. Yeah, demanding an apology. They don't give him the apology and he just loses his mind. Yeah. And as we were saying in the thread, this looks like a a Gerard Butler kind of movie, but somehow they they nabbed (laughs) Russell Crowe. That really made me laugh, like thinking about Gerard Butler putting his hat in the ring for this role and just not getting it. Yeah, like he definitely auditioned and got the call, like, we're going with Russell Crowe, Academy Award winner. (laughs) He probably saw Russell in the lobby. He was like, oh, good to see you, mate. And they <laughs> yeah. gave him the hug, and then he was like, oh, fuck. Like, we're both pretty grizzled. It's pretty cheeky. Uh, that's all I got but for it, news. It, it's from It's from this new company, Solstice Studios. I think they're trying to generate oh. some buzz, being like, we're the first movie to come back in theaters, and it seems to be working. It's got the turkey boys talking. But, oh, it's uh, actually going to try to go to theaters. Yeah, July 1st. That's the plan. Although, who knows if and when and ba ba ba. Boston, Boston, the mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, already just closed us down until at least July. So I don't really see. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see him opening up the gates for the July Fourth weekend. Yeah. Like you know what, guys? Like it's time. We're gonna open everything up because it's safe now. Everybody just going hog wild. Yeah, we'll put on our bubble boy suits and go see it at the drive-in. Um, that is another. That's news. The Kowloon for local Boston people, who's probably most of you. Mm. Kowloon, the uh, Chinese restaurant, Polynesian, whatever, in uh, Peabody, I believe, on is it Route 9? I don't hmm. know. Someone's going to laugh because my road knowledge is horrible, but it's Ta-da. in Peabody. And they're doing a uh, drive through with uh, walk-up service for cars and yeah. food, which I think is the fucking greatest thing I've been, ever. I've been waiting for this to happen. Like the drive-ins, it's a no-brainer. It's like, can't yeah. do anything else. That could be done. Like, what do they pay? What, 50 bucks a car? I don't care. Fine. I'll yeah. pay for it. I'll give a shit. Yeah. $100 a car? Let's do it. Let's go. I've never been to a drive-in in general, so I think it would be fun 
on any level. It's not like the seats of a car are that much less comfortable than the seats in a movie theater. Or if anything, they're more comfortable. Exactly, yeah. On the vehicle. Get that uh, heated seat popping. Actually, it's like nice out now, so that doesn't apply. Oh, but in That's general. even more a reason for me to turn your heated seat on. <laughs> Classic bid. Uh, but speaking of theatrical released features, Woody Allen's A Rainy Day in New York. Oh, boy. The Amazon movie that got canceled is at the top of the global box office this week. After earning $330,000 in South Korea theaters as they have begun to ease their strict lockdown and reopen some theaters. 330 is a is a low number. Yeah, but like for... I, they didn't open every theater. I, I guess it's like an astronomical number considering how many theaters right. were open. But, I mean, I guess South Korea loves Woody Allen. I think uh, I think it got the Soon Yi bump. But I uh, was trying to think of a way to make a joke <laughs> about that. So we're heading off to South Korea to see the canceled Woody Allen movie that has not been released in the U.S. in any capacity. But it's happening over there. And canceled movies are so exciting. I'm sure this is just like one of his more boring movies that where it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter at all that it got canceled. But I really want to see it anyways. How yeah? How would we see that? I would watch it too. Yeah, it'll probably pop up online at some point. He's for... a scumbag, but his movies are good. And what? I can, and I can what? You know, do my best to separate. Terrific. <clears throat> and uh, what else do we got? I saw the Impractical Jokers have a new show premiering where they chat with each other from home. It's called Dinner Party. Hank's getting excited. He loves these guys. I'll let you finish. <laughs> they, uh, that's it. That's it. I thought it, it could be called Practical Jokers because it seems like a pretty practical idea for a show in these trying times. Hank's fighting a sly cackle. <laughs> He's in. He got it. Like, like the, the jokes are just regular and they yeah. make things. Ooh. Especially compared to their normal show. How impractical can they be? I... Yeah, punny, I, I notably don't like those guys. And I think it's just because as anything, I'm such a contrarian. It's one of those mm. shows that people are like, oh, Ank, you're a wacky guy. This is something for you. And people think they've got me pegged in recommending things to me. And that's one of them. I've had that recommended to me a lot of times. Like, oh, because I'm silly and I like making fun of people. Mm. You think that I'm going to like a show about grown men like making, laugh. P- playing fart noises at Target? I don't know. I just. That's fair. I would laugh, I guess, but I, d- I don't want to be recommended that. Yeah. I get not liking it. I enjoy it just because it's one of those shows where everybody's having fun. Like, even when they're messing with people, like, they always turn it around. Like, it's a laugh. It's Does, a- do they need live shows, though, selling out the garden? Does that make sense to you? No, I think they do, like, sketch stuff when they do those. I don't, I don't know about all that. I wouldn't. I don't know about that. I remember people, like, I've had clients tell me they got tickets, and I'm like, for what? <laughs> I know Sal is a stand-up. For what? So that's one thing. They're not, thing not funny guys. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. But I also saw that the director of Running Scared, that Paul Walker movie. Don't you do this, Frankie! That barely exists. Wayne Kramer has laid out a proposal to change the way Rotten Tomatoes works, suggesting that after a film has been out for 10 years, filmmakers should have the ability <clears throat> to lodge a appeal and have their movies be reconsidered with a new rating. <laughs> Is he worried about running scared's low number? Yeah. He's looking for a retrial after all these years. I just thought this was like ridiculous. 
he's sitting around like worrying about the Rotten Tomatoes score of a movie he made 12 years ago. <laughs> Rotten, like, running Scared has a 41%. Yeah, I, he so thinks that's low. It, I like it. It's a good movie. Yeah. We saw it in the theaters, didn't we? Especially for a Paul Walker movie. It's like his best by miles. Just because it's like a fun, gritty, stupid action movie. You know, I'm, I'm sure his next one will be pretty good. I don't. I don't think we need to. We don't. We don't need to count Paul Walker out yet. Hmm. I think he's hoping for some Paul Walker like pity, boosting that number. You think people being like, "Well, Paul Walker is dead." You know what? It was a ninety-five. His, his, you know, orphan daughter involved. See what what everybody has to say about that. How dare you bring up a member of the familia in such a Lane Kramer? His highest-rated movie is an eighty-four percent with a movie called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated." Have you heard of that? I haven't, but that's haven't not a great title for a movie. With that came out in two thousand seven, with Todd Salons and Darren Aronofsky. Ooh, those are some names. What? <laughs> Where's this coming from? It's a documentary investigating Hollywood's best oh. kept secret: <laughs> the MPAA film rating system and its profound impact on American culture. I was going to be like, "How have we never heard of this?" Then you said, "It's a documentary," and it all made sense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You like you have a you watch documentaries. You, That's true. What do you mean? I'm a doc guy. You like docs. I'm just a big dummy and I can't sit through them. The uh, we got some renewals and some cancellations. You want to cruise through these? Sure. What do you got? USA has canceled the Jason Bourne spinoff show Treadstone that I guess existed. Who was in that? Nobody of note. Right. That's what I feel. <laughs> And they canceled something else. I can't remember what it was. But USA shows, it's like, I mean, those aren't even blipping on anyone's radar. The Simpsons has been renewed for season 32. It's a lot of seasons right there. Family Guy's been renewed for season 19. Bob's Burgers has been renewed for season 11. Every animated show will go on for the rest of eternity. Why not? They don't need to worry about the characters. It's true. I'm looking at Wayne Kramer movies now. They did have to get rid of Apu. His character's under fire. And also, folks, the Turkey Boy's favorite show of the year, Dave, on FX, on Hulu, has been renewed for season two. That's great. Yeah, if you guys haven't gotten gotten back in, or gotten in there yet, please do. Yeah. Funniest, best new show in a long time. I feel like no one on earth is watching it besides us. Get in there. Agreed. Dave on Hulu. Do we want to get into the obits at this moment? Sure. Okay. And then I have a bunch of shots. He's in. Folks, we have another listener submitted obit this week. Oh, wow. And I'm going to take this moment to remind you, if you want to send in an obit, enough the podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about what bothers you when you watch stuff. I'm going to pull up the mailbag right now and just see if we got any, just oh. in case. Love that mailbag. Nope, still empty. <laughs> Any day now. But this one we got from Turkey Head Michael Montero. He said he wants to obit when a guy sits down for dinner and loosens his tie. Which is in a lot of movies and shows, it's a cheap way to establish that you're looking at a working man. Hmm. Who's just, he just finished a long day of work and he's sitting down for dinner with his family. That's never, I've never had that bother me, but... Now that you say it, it's like, yeah, that is stupid. Yeah, that's why we like hearing other people's obits, so we can, you know, paint a picture or what have you. Mm. 
Yeah, like if his tie was already off, would the audience not understand that he had a hard day of work? It's a silly cliche. And I am going to be throwing American Horror Story into the obits this week. Because they announced uh, a new spinoff show called American Horror Stories. Where every episode will be a standalone one-off. And I just, I hate this show. Every iteration of it. You haven't enjoyed any of it? No. Okay. Whoever writes that show is like just a dullard. I've seen plenty of episodes from different seasons. It's all just, it's gobbledygook. Mm. I hate it. I don't. And now like, they're still keeping American Horror Story going. And now there's stories. Ryan Murphy is just on Doe Island, just having Doe fights. But yeah, that's the obits. You want to get into some shuts? Uh, would like nothing more. He's in. Uh, I shot a movie called Matriarch on Hulu. It was a horror movie with a mean mom. Found it very boring. Sounds shuttable. Might have been on Prime, to be honest. Uh, Leatherface, which is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, the second sequel. Uh, it's okay, and it just seemed kind of interesting. I just didn't do it for me. That's another series. They made too many of those. It, yeah, it's, it's like just watered down. It's like this character has nothing going on. Like he has a cool name, and oh, he chainsaws faces off and wears them. Okay, whatever. It doesn't deserve like no. fourteen movies. No need. They're, they made one would have been enough. Yeah, maybe a sequel. I shut off Pumpkinhead. Which... Oh, with Lance Henriksen, <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> Didn't make it. Yeah. That's a very 80s horror movie. Two 80s. Yeah. I'm sure you finished it. I couldn't. Uh, Yeah. I shut off Black and Blue with Tyrese. uh, That is new to stars. Tyrese, one of our greatest actors. He is in The Familia. I wanted to give him at least a stream for it. Appreciate that. Um, I shut off the latest episode of The John Oliver Show on HBO. What? And I've decided that I'm done with him permanently. Wow. He's a dullard. I don't. I think he's funny. <laughs> he's moving along. And I'm moving along. Yeah, it's over. No more John Oliver. Don't want to hear about him. It's over. Wow. That's fair. I mean, the political news will tire you out. If you're not in the mood for it, it yeah. it's like the it's His a nightmare. Snarky little opinions. Just, yes. I've had enough. Yes. That's fair. I, I shut off uh, a movie called Get In, which is in Spanish. Kid, on... is it a sequel to Get Out? I was... Nailed Thinking it. about racing that joke out, I literally have it written down. <laughs> I was like, how quickly do I need to get this out for the punchline to still land before he steals the joke? <laughs> and it turns out it needed to be immediate. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. We're fighting over it. Uh, yeah. it it's, it's in Spanish. I saw the subtitles pop up and I was like, those aren't the subtitles I put on there. Those are the real ones. And I'm, I'm out. Not my subtitles. My land. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm in. Yeah, that's it for me. You shut anything? I shut off Friday Night Lights. The, the show. The movie. I actually watched a couple seasons of the show back in the day and then just kind of fell off. But I'd never seen the movie, mm. so I thought I'd finally give it a go. It's on Prime or Hulu or something. John Void in that one, too? Is he? I don't even know. I'm, no, it's... I'm, I was like half making a joke. <laughs> for a second, I was like, yes. But that's Varsity Blues, I think right, you're thinking right, right. of, which is a masterpiece. I love that movie, yeah. This one... Is who's the fucking coach? The guy from uh, that other show. No, uh, Billy Bob is the Billy coach Fortin, in right. Friday Night Lights, the movie. On Not the show, that, it's that no guy good, Kyle huh? Chandler. Yeah, it was just boring. It has a bunch of like 
everyone in it like went on to do a bunch of stuff. It's got Michael B. Jordan and I don't know, a bunch of other people. I was like, oh, it's him. But I didn't care for it. The show was better. I turned that off. I also turned off a documentary called Spaceship Earth, which... Mm, uh, sounds bad. I forgot that Biodome was based on a true story. This is about that thing in the early 90s about these, the... biosphere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hippies trying to create a new world. And rep, you know, they go into this biosphere that represents an entire ecosystem. This was maybe the most boring documentary I've ever seen. And I'm, I put this in the shuts even though I finished it, but it just belongs in the shuts. How did you, sucks. what made you power through? You just gave up and you're like, I don't want to watch anything else. Yeah, I just had nothing going on. Right. I was like, I'll just stare at this I've turkey. But they, the whole story, they have zero footage of them inside the biosphere at all. Like the trailer for this movie made it look like it was going to be exciting and have all these reveals like, like what really went on in the biosphere. They don't have a stitch of footage of any of them in there during the time at all. And they barely have any interviews with the people who did it, like in present day. They have like one interview. It was just like the shot of the- Where'd you watch it? It was on Fandango for 99 cents. <laughs> that credit- And you paid for it. Oh. Yeah. That's probably why I finished it. Just because I paid for it. Is like Fandango is an app that you have? Is it through Xbox, Apple TV, all that? Yeah. Okay. It's Fandango now. And what's the benefit if you just have iTunes? <laughs> Nothing. Fair. Although it's basically the same thing. They have the same deals. But yeah, it's it's the same everything. Like Uncut Gems for 99 cents right now. Get in there, folks, before it comes to Netflix, and then you can't pay for it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and to keep the shut train rolling, I shut off another awful documentary on Netflix called Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics. Have a go. Which is just celebrities like talking about doing acid and mushrooms and stuff, which gets old very quick. Yeah, like, just a bunch of duds. Yeah, like drug stories are rarely fun to listen to someone recount. Yeah, like never, I was that's so, never interesting. I was just like, what? It's like, where are you? That's that's fine. <laughs> the while I was watching it, I thought this is the last thing that Ank would ever want to watch, and you would have shut it off like. Immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I did get myself committed to a mental institution as a result of hallucinogens. So Classic. watching them glorified on Netflix isn't really my cup of tea. So yeah, I probably wouldn't make it through that doc either. Yeah. And it was weird. They have just a bunch of like talking head interviews and randomly up pops Anthony Bourdain. And for a second, I was just like, huh? I was like, he's dead, right? Like, when did they shoot this movie? Has this just been sitting on the shelf? Or? I do really like him. Yeah. He's, uh, his part was okay. He, you know, talks about Hunter S. Thompson, how much he idolizes him, which got me thinking about how he killed himself in a similar fashion. Maybe he inspired him too much. Mm. Mm. Also, there was Carrie Fisher interviews, who is also dead. I was like, this movie, like... Bunch of dead sidecars. You yeah. think it's a coincidence that they did a ton of drugs and they're all dead now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that you should probably not do drugs. That's Just a good saying. point. Yeah, the movie's trying to be cool, but it's like an unintentional dare yeah. advertisement. Exactly. Like, hey, man, like, listen to all these cool times I had in the 60s. You're dead. <laughs> all your friends are dead. My God. Or no, it's your friends are dead. And I'm quoting William Fickner. 
Your friends are dead. And I was trying to piece together. Your what friends are dead. That oh, scene Dark Knight, in Dark Knight when they're robbing the bank. Yeah, there we go. That's a deep track. At this moment, you want to take a break, watch something, and then report back to the fans? I would love that. Folks. Have a good one. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. I'll be right back. We're back. Hey, now. Folks, we just watched Saturday Night Fever, the 1977 John Travolta classic. I think it's considered a classic. I would say it's a classic, yeah. It's one of those movies on Scotty's list of big movies that have eluded me over the years. And uh, finally got it in. And you look like you were ready to give it a C minus. I mean, I give that soundtrack an A plus. One of the best soundtracks in history. I'm gonna become a disco guy. I mean, the cuts in this movie, they just, they never stop. Bee Gees, the, uh, this is the Bee Gees, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's this, a largely Bee Gees score. Yeah. And there's, they pepper in a few other tracks, but they don't make movies like this anymore. Where no. it just, it's a standalone, <laughs> like, hang. Yeah. They try to edit in, they try to work in some drama when the guy kills himself at the end. Yeah. Yeah, movies in the 70s were right. so simple. This is just a movie about a guy who likes to dance and has like a weird <laughs> batch of sidecar friends who are <laughs> just kind of like there. And there's a romance thrown in. John Travolta's voice in this movie is like young guy, New York. Oh my God, Sandy. He, I gotta, <sighs> he sounds like the depiction of him on South Park, which yeah. is great. I got a Farrah Fawcett poster in my room. I'm in high school. It's like, like Boogie Nights meets... I don't know. It's a lot of meets. Yeah. There's, there's like 70 different movies that have stolen from this. Yeah, and like watching Risky Business, it was weird seeing Tom Cruise playing a high school guy. It's even weirder watching John Travolta playing a kid. Right. Like He's supposed to be in high school in this, and... It's hard to see him as anyone but Gotti after that powerful performance. Agreed, yeah. But yeah, his crew is like a cackle. Take a stand together. This movie is very dated. A lot of racial slurs mm. going on I in this movie. Forgot about those. A lot Not of, great. A lot of N bombs. A lot of S bombs. Mm. All the bombs. And uh, I thought of an obit while we were watching this. Okay. When it's a scene at a diner and they show the people ordering the food, and then they get handed the food like nine seconds later because, you know, the scene can't go on for forever. Unrealistic bite, time acquisition. That's they, should just, they should just not have them ordering. Exactly. Write that out. Yeah. Don't show them ordering. Just show the food arriving, and then I won't get annoyed. Or don't show it arriving. Yeah. You can, if you want to get the order in, then they don't get to eat as well because the scene is not 27 minutes long. And any scene where anyone eats. Unless it's coffee and cigarettes by Jim Jarmusch, in Ooh. which case, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Travolta calls a man a hua in this movie. I thought that was pretty progressive for the 70s. Men can be huas. Uh, yeah. You in on that? I think so. He's in. So you didn't love it. You're glad you checked it off the bucket list. Yes. 
it was that's it. It's it's on stars right now. It's a classic and it's worth taking a peek at. It's got some great uh great lines like when he's talking about his hair in the beginning and <laughs> Don't mess up my hair. It just it's a good movie. And it's it's funny to see Travolta like you said, it's funny to see Travolta in like I don't think this is the first thing that he did. I think the Grease predate no. Did Grease predate this? That's a stupid question. I'm gonna guess it did because this All is right, like you're saying it did. This is like a starring vehicle. I imagine he had to earn that no. with Greece and whatever other turkeys he was in back then. Let's go back to the beginning. Ba, ba, ba. But yeah, overall, you loved it. John Travolta is like our dad's age, mm. so it's wild watching him in a movie where he's this young. And yeah, that voice. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, another one off Scotty's list, which ironically enough also includes Schindler's list. Funny story, Saturday Night Fever 77, Grease 78. Ooh, interesting. He did The Boy in the Plastic Bubble the year before this. And wow. Ca- and Carrie, who's, but he wasn't ah. the lead. This, I think this was his first lead. Yeah, Because everything else, like he did the, t- what was that, Welcome Back, Cotter, the TV show? I think he did that later. He was on that? Yes, he was. Vinny but- Barbarino. That's one of those shows I always hear people <clears throat> reference, but I don't know anything about it. He's in all every episode. Wow. Travolta was on did, the TV he show. He did a lot of TV, it looks like, in the beginning of his career. And then it sort of he started making comedy turkeys in the 90s. I'm a goddamn TV guy. And then I think he kind of vanished. Mm. Not vanished, vanished, but he wasn't in anything relevant. He did Look Who's Talking... Like the yeah. third sequel, and then everybody was like, "All right, he's toast." And then well, his career was famously rejuvenated by Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction after he was like not cool for many years. Yes. And he was back. But yes, the featured review this week. Nice, uh, a brand new movie that you can rent on demand for a hot nine ninety nine. But don't. Yes, the new movie Capone. I already said if you liked it, I quit the show. We've established that. <laughs> you have guideline. nothing to worry about. <laughs> this is Capone from director Josh Trank, who has been in director jail since making that Fantastic Four reboot like five years ago. And Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller that you probably forgot existed in 2015. Awful movie <clears throat> that destroyed a promising career. And you got Tom Hardy in this playing the titular role of Capone. <laughs> Tom Hardy seems to only do movies if he can do a weird voice and yell a lot. That's basically his his whole deal. And like doing weird stuff with his eyes. Does a lot of eye acting. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> I like him in some stuff. But I like he's... him in Venom and that's it. Ooh. Mad Max could have been anybody. It's a hot take. The... Yeah, I was kind of liking it at first, but then the movie just keeps going and going and going. There's like a lot of... Nothing happens at all. And yeah, this is one of those biopics where... Where are my notes? When they're like, we're not going to make a standard biopic. We're going to do a a wacky weird one about this boring last part of this famous person's life that probably definitely didn't happen. Like Gus Van Sant's last days, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, these biopics need to be put in the obits. Mm. I can't think of another example of one where they're like, we won't do their whole life. We'll just focus on this one little snippet. And it's... Did you notice that it was a red box production? <laughs> I did. That's when I when I buckled up, when I saw that. Oh, and Noel Fisher from Shameless playing his son. 
Oh. And Al Sapienza. Oh, yeah, that, that was him. I didn't even notice that. Or that guy that who plays Mickey uh, or Mikey Palmese on The Sopranos. Hey, as, yo. like, Capone's friend. And then Matt Dillon. Yeah. As, like, the, <laughs> like some uncle. Yeah, he like was roaring just... in halfway through the movie, like, hey, Capone, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here, man. Dupree. <laughs> just. But, uh, and it had a lot of weird dream sequences. And like two scenes where they flash back to the exciting fun part of Al Capone's life where you're like, oh, this is what the movie should be. Yeah, here we go. And this then it just pulls away and it's just him all upset about yeah. nothing. It cuts back to him being like Daniel Plainview, like sitting in some house dreaming about alligators. Like, I don't know <laughs> why this movie was made. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like I didn't like it one bit. Yeah, it's not good. It's not fun. It's not interesting. I wanted to shut it off, but I knew we needed to watch it for the show. It was basically Bronson meets The Godfather meets Gotti meets American Gangster, all rolled into one and bad. He's definitely in Bronson mode in yes. this movie. He's like, I don't know if people haven't seen that. That's a pretty cool Nicholas Winding Refn movie. That's uh, one of Tom Hardy's earlier starring roles. It's basically like everything that was bad about Gotti mixed with Bronson. Wow. I'm sorry, everything that was bad about, not Gotti, I put in there as a joke. Everything that was bad about The Godfather mixed with Bronson. Mm. With like a little bit of that element of American Gangster where, you know, you reach, it's, it's a guy at the pinnacle of his crime career, mm. quote unquote, reaching crime. You know, outrageous amounts of money. Like, oh, he's got $10 million hidden. Where's the $10 million? Oh, they'll never find it. Yeah. And that's the one bonus when you're watching like a historical drama is like, oh, maybe I'll learn something. But this one, I don't think I learned anything. Like, and biopic wise, when you're watching them, there's always a bunch of scenes where you're like, I bet this didn't happen, or I bet this didn't happen this way. This movie, everything, I was just like, I don't think any of this happened. No. Like, how did, I don't know, unless they got like a memoir from one of the sidecars who was around. It just seemed like, I don't like know. Like, Linda Cardellini was basically just sleepwalking through the role as his wife. Kyle MacLachlan's pretty much the most replaceable actor in Hollywood and everything that wasn't directed by David Lynch. Wow. You can put it in Rob Lowe, Matthew Broderick, Tim Robbins, like countless uh, countless other male, you know, 40, 50 something actors could have been that role. Like, or any of his roles for that matter. Like I said, that weren't directed directly by David Lynch. Yes. Thank you. I wrote down, I don't know if I'll make it two hours with this voice. And... Like, yes, me. I wrote down Dupree is that one of my tube socks? The delusions <laughs> got really distracting when they would roar in, yeah. and it was just him, like, yeah, it's me, Al Capone. I'm dying of syphilis in a farmhouse. Do you suck dick? <laughs> I wrote down, is syphilis that bad? It, like, seriously, is That's it a good that point. bad? Yeah, I don't know. They portray it as like a nightmare, yeah. And he got it when he was a kid. Poke kid. Well, we have a vaccine for it now, which we'll never have for the coronavirus, by the way. Wow. Which is a complete ploy d- created by the media. Oh, no. Hank's here. Take off the mind control devices when you go outside, folks. Stop <laughs> wearing the mask. Take it off. But that is Capone, which Capone! You, which You'd be sh- better off dialing 8260110, which is the old Capone's <laughs> phone number to get a pizza if you lived in the Marshfield Norwell situate area. Good memory. 
That is the number. It is. God, I could go for some of those breadsticks right now. Nice pie. <laughs> Coconuts. But yes, let's move along. We Lodge. also watched The Lodge, mm. which is now on Hulu, which is cool because this was supposed to be in theaters around this time. Oh. This is Hulu snatched up a bunch of early release movies that are like just out of theaters like Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which Ank adored. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're really killing it on the new release front yeah, right now. Yeah, the guy who probably won't get in. But, uh... Yeah, The Lodge was a, a cool little horror movie. I loved it. Good I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Good look and a very interesting, mm. unexpected tone. Fans know I'm all about tone over here. The tone? <laughs> the tone. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was super interesting. I liked how it started and ended with, you know, like that button. That's that like, whoa. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it had uh, no jump scares, which is always noticeable. Which is or, great. No, notable, not notable. noticeable. Yeah, yeah, noticeable as well. I mean, you. True. Um, it's fun to make. I love a movie that gets you scared. Not scared. Like, I wasn't scared. But that creeped makes out. you creeped out and uneasy without just startling you every 30 seconds. Yeah. It's cheap fucking cinema. They earned it. And they that's. Did. It's kind of like a slow build. It's a little buildy in the beginning, but it gets. Mm. It really heats up. And uh, Riley Keough is the star of this movie, who is always naked in every movie, which I really appreciate. And go for her. She... Jaden Martell getting that work again. Yeah. She's, she's having a, quite, a hell of a couple of years. She's naked in so many movies, I feel like it's got to be her idea. Where she's like, how about I get naked in this scene? <laughs> and they're just like, sure. Because especially in this, there's no reason for her to be naked. But it was just, uh, mm. you know, kind of fun. And I, this is another movie that had some dream sequences, but the ones in this were actually pretty cool and yeah. spooky. The, the, I guess the synopsis of this movie, we forgot to do that, is that it's a, a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening mm. events take place. I like that thaw stuff. A little, little wordplay. But, uh, yeah. And then things get wacky. This, mm. this is a movie with like a bunch of twists and they're all cool and yeah. different. Like I had no idea where this movie was going and it really, uh, really surprised and delighted me. Like I said Ooh. to you, it's, uh, it comes at night meets hereditary, but it's not an A24 production. Folks, that is a great meets and I recommend this film. They, one thing I didn't love about this movie is they did bite the dollhouse thing. From mm. Hereditary. They have, there is a dollhouse, and it's sort of like, okay, well, that's... And also, it. there is a dog that's in turmoil, which we did put in the obits. We'd appreciate if Yeah, people no more would, dogs. Yeah. Stop that. Don't mess no with more dogs. pets, period. Kill every human on Earth, but leave the pets alone. If you could. I wrote down that I love movies that just go for it and discount marketability completely. Yes. Where it's like four or five things happen in a movie that people are just not going to like. Yeah. It's going to get bad reviews because of it. And there's never going to be a way to make it a TV movie or whatever. Yeah. No, no sequel. Yeah. This movie has balls. Yes. And it, uh, yeah, I thought the same thing while watching it where it's just like, Oh, people wouldn't like this. This is, <laughs> and that's what makes us like it. But it's, yeah. it's, I think it was actually fairly well received. Let's find out. Yeah. What are you guessing for the tomatoes percentage? It seems like something that would be like high 60s. Horror movies are always weird. 74. 
Okay. With 152 reviews. Right. And a 51 audience score with 319 reviews. I know. So the audience disliked it more than the critics, which is expected. Because it's it's interesting and clever and well done enough that the critics would be okay with it. But the yeah. audience members just like, oh, that's upsetting. I don't like it. Yeah. Because it's fucking kind of boring. Fucking gross, dude. Nothing really happened. What the fuck? Ugh. How do you feel about Richard Armitage? He was good, actually. He's mm. um. What else is he even in? He was one of the hobbits in The Hobbit. Okay. Or no, he was one of like the main guys, not The Hobbit. But yeah, he pops up and stuff. He's in, I guess he's in Captain America. Oh. He's in Ocean's 8. Oof. Yeah, he's one of those like character actors. It's an Amistad's character. You're never sure, like, is that that guy? But you're always like, oh, he's good. He's doing the thing. Oh, oh we liked it. It's on Hulu. The, the Lodge. The Lodge. You want to do, uh... I watched real quick. I'll sneak in the wrong Missy, which is a I'm new. Mad I haven't watched this yet. It looks funny. A new Netflix original starring David Spade and Lauren Lapkus in a Happy Madison production. Scott, is it true that Lauren Lapkus follows you on Twitter? Wow, I'm really glad you asked because yes, and the fans need to be reminded how cool That's I am online. Cool. How'd you get plugged in? Where's with that? the love for me? Is what I'm saying. Where's the love for me? I mean, she's a turkey head, clearly. I, if she's listening to this right now, yeah, that'd be dope. I applaud you, Lauren, and <laughs> we'd love to have you on the show. But yeah, she is very funny. She's like the star of this movie, mm. playing like the annoying, weird person to David Spade's straight man. Like the premise of the movie, he's going on vacation. He invites the wrong Missy. Whoa. He has two Missies in his phone and invites the wrong one. I mean, and- in the days of, you know, online dating, we've all been there. Oh, yeah. And it was just way better than I thought it would be, especially for like a Happy Madison production. It's a funny movie that's like very watchable and enjoyable all the way through. You got a Bobby Lee cameo. You love to see it. Anything Bobby Lee, I'm on board. You got a Rob Schneider cameo. You hate to see it. (laughs) Nah, he's great. (laughs) But I did appreciate the restraint he had to not say, you can do it, like he does in literally... Every other movie he's ever been in. <laughs> so I was sitting there watching, like, waiting for him to say it. I watched every episode of the Rob Schneider show. Holy shit. I forgot about that. All of them. Can I go? No, no, no. We gotta finish. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> but, uh, yes, that was... And it's kind of like a loose remake of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, they're in Hawaii. There's a wacky babe. His, like... Ex-girlfriend's, like, getting more intrigued by him because the new girl... I don't know. It's all there. But it's fine. Mm. It's on Netflix. The wrong Missy. Yes. Did you watch any other feature films? Sounds like you didn't, Tim, or TV guys. I didn't want to forget to play this. He's back. I'm roaring in with our new TV guys theme music. Yes. And no, I didn't watch anything else that was worth discussing. No, it's good. You're good with the transition i botched it we're back sorry we've stepped on each other before and we will again i do it probably more often with the sound effects how that we want to talk i know this much is true i know you're chomping at the bit to discuss that yeah let's get in there there is a new hbo show that the opening scene is one of two mark ruffalo's trying to cut his hand off in a library and like appalling all these people So I love this show, obviously. Mm. It got me right from the beginning. I'm really rich. 
It's a very bleak and depressing drama, just how I like it. Uh, written and directed by Derek C. in France. Is it really? Yes. That's why I liked it so much. Every, I didn't realize and, that. And he did every episode. So this is basically just like a long, you know, movie from the guy who did Place Beyond the Pines and Blue Valentine. You remember him mostly probably from The Light Between Oceans. <laughs> yes. Which I didn't hate. It was a fine... What didn't you hate about it? <laughs> For a movie like that, I thought it was like as good as it could be. Yeah, it's Mark Ruffalo playing a couple of brothers. One of them has paranoid schizophrenia, and the one that doesn't wants to get the other one released from the mental hospital. Yes. And what you, did I write down? You really believe both Ruffalos. Yes. Like, and you can tell them apart. That's yes. how you don't ever get them confused, even when they're not talking. Yeah, and they do do a good job with the CGI. Like even when they show them in the same shot, like it never looks cheesy or like an episode of Sliders mm. with two Jerry O'Connells. <laughs> but uh yeah, Ruffalo wise, he hasn't been in anything good in so long. I forgot they knew. I forgot he's like a good actor. Yeah, he's great. I was like, Oh yeah, Ruffalo can do stuff. He does go for it. He's 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 all in on every character. Ruffalo. He's just been riding on the Avengers, you know, bullshit for yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Now. He's been wasting his time just collecting all the dough on her. That Juliette Lewis scene, she really does play the best drunk in all of Hollywood, like hands down. Nobody beats yes. it. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, like she's drunk, she's dancing, she's horny for Ruffalo. She really was a scene stealer on this show. And you also got Catherine Hahn in there, one of our favorite. Her just uh, begging HBO for work after Mrs. Fletcher got <laughs> dusted. <laughs> please, please. I need this. Please, please don't make a scene. <laughs> but yeah, Derek scene France was. His movies in this show like just seem so much more realistic than other movies. Mm. Something about like the way he shoots. I don't know. He's just really got a somehow even like a, the place beyond the pines which is such an unfathomable movie all you know stretched across the two and a half hours of everything that happens and hmm. the different acts even that is like you said it's believable the way that he does it yeah. it's just it looks real yeah it almost has like a documentary type feel like all the actors just you you buy everything or i do anyways it's like the best show ever and uh yeah Ruffle is really bringing. There's some spoilery. Rob Hubel cameo. Yeah, there's some spoilery things I could mention, but go go into this fresh. This is like the new show. Mm. This is the new Turkey Boys show right now. We have two new shows actually. Oh, do we? Well, yeah. Um, We also watched the new Stars original High Town. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! Which is a movie about police officers and drug addicts on the Cape, particularly in Provincetown. Folks, there's a new Bean Said crime drama on the scene, and what a treat for us. I remember I discovered this first because I'm a big stars guy. I know. I couldn't believe you were ahead of me on this. It made me really happy. Like, you're telling me about a Bean Said crime drama? Well, you, I don't, you're not as big a stars guy as I am. That's true. You don't have the app either. You're looking at it on cable. So it's Mm. like, you're not going to get the, I get like, whenever I turn stars on, there's like a streaming banner of high town ads yeah and they, then, i don't even think this is premiered yet but you no. can watch it on demand folks it's an early it premiere soon. the official premiere if you want to watch it live is sunday and then we have to wait so you and i have to wait until next sunday for a new episode which is a bit of Ooh. a bummer so we, we got in there early like three days ago yeah where the fuck is he you fucking cunt the show is called high town which if you're looking at a map is directly next to the town from the movie the town Bean said wise. Mm. <laughs> and 
You got James Badge Dale in there, a Beanset crime drama veteran. He wedges himself into everything. He was in The Departed, and now he's... Where's Kevin Chapman? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> your, your friend from Blockbuster. Yeah, my boy. He's, um, a, he's a great Beanset. The chick, uh, the one woman who gets herself into a bit of trouble, we'll say... Mm. At one scene, she's having a beer in the shower and then a couple of lines of cocaine. And then she's drinking hard alcohol while walking down the street. And I was just like, okay, like unrealistic substance consumption. Like yes. nobody's getting that fucked up. And it was the morning. I was, she was e- alone. I was even thinking, should we put people drinking beers in the shower in the obits? Uh, yeah, nobody does that. I think I did it once in college just because I could. And I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I have coffee in the shower sometimes now. I did it the other Ooh. day. Well, that's that's just, a little different. That's just being efficient. <laughs> right. Like if I feel like I'm in, in, like if I look at the clock and it's been more time than I realize and I jump in, it's, I don't know. I'm, but getting fucked up in the shower is just lousy. Yeah. It's a silly way to be like, look at how messed up this person is. They're supposed to be bathing, getting ready for the day. They're drinking. Yeah. It's lazy. Yeah. Could They could easily have done it with, oh, I don't know, her on a bad date, making a fool out of herself. But that would have taken an extra day of shooting Yeah, or whatever. And this, like everything said in Boston, is laughably Boston. Yes. Every character is wearing a Red Sox or Patriots item of clothing. And That's how it really is here, folks, if you're not from the state. Talking with the thickest imaginable accent. Insane. Possible. Thick, yes. But, uh, yeah, I liked that girl's storyline. The spicy lesbian lead or co-lead. It's kind of like an ensemble type deal. I like the James Badge Dale storyline the best. Yeah. I found that intriguing. I like him. The show, it's basically like City on a Hill, but slightly better. Yes. I think we can abandon City on a Hill now, and this can be our new Boston show. I will definitely watch both. Okay, I'm, I'm back in. what else am I going to do? Yeah. I was just scrolling through my movies here on TV, because we have a movie we want to watch in a little bit, and I noticed oh. Cruising. A one cruising. by Cruising. Did I add, I add that to the list? He's in but the episode was good, the pilot episode, but I thought it ended kind of uneventfully. Mm. With a new show, you need to get people on board at the end of a pilot with like a big development or a twist to keep everyone hooked. This, sh- this show just kind of like stopped and we're like, hey, we'll see you next time, I guess. It's like fucking, I mean, I'm in, but <laughs> it's... No, they didn't need to hook me. They, I, they've had me. Yeah. But I, I, I hear you. They, they could have made it a thing. They could have made a reason for us to come back. Mm. And also, this show's about like a missing girl or a dead girl. Enough with that, yeah. Every Boston thing is about that. Mystic River, Gone Baby Gone. It's like the only And thing- now Defending Jacob, which is a show yeah. you haven't even started yet. That's the premise of that. There's yeah. a kid who gets killed. The only thing that can happen around here is girls getting hurt. You've lived here. <laughs> I've lived here. We've lived here 30 years, whatever. Have you ever known of a girl getting killed anywhere ever under any circumstances? No. Have you heard anything like that at all? Outside of film? No. No. I typed in Boston (laughs) today to find out like how long uh, stupid Marty Walsh is going to keep the city set shut down. Oh. And the first thing that came up was an article or like a a query or whatever. Someone saying, is Boston safe? (laughs) Made me laugh because safe and because, you know. Unsafe. Oh, good for you. I got a couple quickies I'll mention. Uh, what do you got? Some stand-up specials. There's a new Mark Norman special. Oh, hey, hey. Hey, hey, what's up, Fatty? 
you can watch it for free on YouTube, which uh, I recommend. He's very funny. I enjoy his podcast with Joe List, Tuesdays with Stories. I love how I'm never going to get my money back for those Mark Norman tickets that I bought that, you know, we can't go because the world is, is over. Why aren't they giving you the dough back? I think it's through. Are they, are they playing hardball over there? It's through Laugh Boston, and I know they're not open at all. And mm. I'm like, do I want to shake down this local one location comedy club yes. to get my $30 back? Or do I want to just let a small business live? Like, Give I me think, back my $30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not Cartman. I'm going to let it go. Get in there. But yes, this is, what is the name of it? I can't remember the name of the special. If you just type Mark Norman into YouTube. Yeah, I he imagine. does a lot of fun appearances on like different radio shows and podcasts. He has his own podcast, Tuesdays with Stories, if you didn't just say that. I did, but it's not okay. that. And uh, I thought you did. He, he's good. We like him a lot. And yeah. he's a young guy. Young guy. <laughs> and he has some funny stories about him being friends with Jerry Seinfeld that we referenced, I think, last week. Yeah. It's great because he's obsessed with Seinfeld like we are. It would be like one of us being friends with Seinfeld is outrageous. Freak the fucking nature doesn't want a house tour. But I also watched another comedy special on Amazon Prime called Jimmy O. Yang Good Deal. This is uh, that guy who was on Silicon Valley. Wow, I love that show. What was his character's name? Like Um, Anyang? Anyang. (laughs) No, that's Arrested Development. Something like that. But yeah, he was... Uh, oh, what is it? Now I can't remember. I gotta look it up. Yeah. But it was funny. You liked it? Yeah. I saw like a couple of clips. It looked good. It was actually way better than I thought it would be. And on Silicon Valley, he played like a monotone weirdo. And it was weird seeing him like, you know, how he actually is. He's very like... Jin Yang. Yeah, Jin Yang. There it is. He's very like bubbly and funny in real life. Mm. It was good. I recommend it. And it's on Amazon Prime. Jimmy O. Yang, good deal. Gotta get that comedy in. And I have also been watching the new Hulu animated series, Solar Opposites, from Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty, which is also back with new episodes if you're a child and watch cartoons like I do. And... (laughs) He's out. And this show, it's basically the same thing as Rick and Morty with like a slightly different premise, but it's also funny. I've been enjoying it. Fuck you, Mom, I have fucking AIDS! <laughs> Key. <laughs> Key. Um, Are you an animated guy these days? No. Yeah, I thought, you go I, back and I, forth. I, I go back and forth. If I do, I don't tell anybody about it. Wow. No, it's, uh, let me think. I like The Simpsons a lot. I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons on my Disney+. Plus. <laughs> The Simpsons, oh, I think, holds up better than any other animated show. I think I mean, it's. I think it overall. I, I like South Park and Family Guy a lot, but there's something about the fact that the, those have both been on a really long time too. But there's something about The Simpsons that is just like special to me. Like it's just been on for fucking ever. Yeah, and it's coming back. It's been bad for several decades, probably Disagree. at this point. But the old ones are great. And you can watch them and still enjoy them. Unlike old Family Guys are unwatchable because the animation sucks. And, right. Most you know. Family Guy episodes are one and done because yeah. the jokes are so like the South Park making fun of them, saying that the manatees write all the jokes. It's like, if you know what that is, that's a good reference. But in. it's they they're I love Family Guy. I think it's great. But you watch it. It's over. You're not going to want to go like The Simpsons is a story. And, you True. know, it's not. Not that Family Guy doesn't. I don't know how to describe what I'm saying here, but it's just one of those things. Excuse me. 
I also enjoy Bob's Burgers, which is Simpsons-y. I know it's that. Hank's not feeling it. I've never actually watched it. It's charming. Very fun. People recommend that one a lot, and they say how great it is. Hmm. And it's like, for now, I'm, I'm really diving in with all kinds of shows because that's it. I mean, we can't go to the movies. There's no, not a lot of new stuff coming out. So yeah, it's something to check out. Like what we've been doing, you know, doing oopsies. Yeah, I'll doing take, a deep dive with old flicks and yeah. animated shows, whatever. I'll take whatever I can get. You want to watch The Departed? I would. Thank you for asking. I was I think, hoping you might say that. I think that, that would really hit the spot, quite frankly. Kid Verify Amiga. The timer got started a little late. You might get 92 seconds of The Departed here today. Love it. I should mention there's a documentary they just released for free on Vimeo. I haven't watched it yet, but it's about the making of The Departed. It's called, uh, I forgot to write no. down the name. No. But, uh, hold on, let me look it up real quick. Right, you have to while make we watch a, The Departed here. A decision. A decision, and, and you know, you have We're to in the scene now where Leonardo DiCaprio left the criminal it. house yes. to go hang out with Vera Farmiga, who is t- uh, Tom Hardy, Matt Damon's girlfriend in this movie, and then they have some sex. Kid. And I, unfortunately, we're going to have to play the sex scene with only the music and us watching the sex scene alone together yeah on vimeo or youtube it's called notes on an american film director at work martin scorsese and too long of a title yeah awful title terrible title. (laughs) what are you doing with this title but i've never seen any like behind the scenes stuff of the departed i mean we've watched the movie countless times including right now i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this i'm in it's on vimeo i have the vimeo app on my tv we can discuss it next week on the oh, program, right before we do our 90 seconds, like the fans like so much. Boom, boom, boom. Unfortunately, that's 90. That was uh, another terrible 90. I know. This is like, like a low audio, not a lot going on, useless 90. Not even like an accent or Nothing. anything to... Just s- DiCaprio underacting. He underacted a lot in this movie. He, went, he goes over the top in a few scenes. When he's on the phone and like, you know, fighting the Italian guys and everything. But like, there's a lot of understated DiCaprio. No why is ever. Which I do like. I like an understatement. He's got chops. That's why I like Gosling so much. Yep. He's understated to the point of almost not doing anything. Yeah, it's great. He's just kind of standing there looking cool. That's why I don't like actors like Tom Hardy because they just go so, they try so hard. Yes, I do. The Bane voice is is special, though, I must say. True. That's like the best thing that's happened in movies in decades. I'm going to sneak in some plugs real quick. Listen to Quarantine Heartthrobs, Uncle to Uncle, and The Hangtime Podcast. Keep in mind, that's spelled Quarantine, not Quarantine. Yes. They're on Spotify and iTunes, everything. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you should tell a friend, follow us, rate and review, follow the show on Instagram at Enough the Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at Podcast Enough, also all one word. You write your plugs down. I never noticed that. <laughs> Very professional. I don't really. I just keep plugging my business over and over again. But guess what? According to the puppet government of both Massachusetts and the United States of America, wow, I am no longer allowed to work. Wow. I open my business and the economy is bleeding and 
Did they take our jobs? <laughs> took our knee. Took our knee. I'm trying to take a stand. I can't even take it seriously. <laughs> um, next week is episode 69. Wow. So it's a big deal. It's probably our most special number yet. The yes. sex number. The sex you, number. As you call it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We're pretty, we're pretty psyched about it. Yeah. So we're probably going to have uh, some dancers in the studio here with us recording the episode. So get really get ready for it. We're going to make some popcorn. Definitely. I think we might get John Travolta and some other stars from Saturday Night Fever to come over and dance and for us. they're going to 69. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. And folks, uh, don't forget to have a good one. Folks, that's enough. Bye.